Good morning, friends. Today is Monday, December 7th, 2020. Today is the anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor and the day we commemorate Ambrose of Milan. Our readings for today are Psalm 25, Isaiah 5, 8 through 12, and 18 through 23, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, and the Gospel of Luke 21, 20 through 28. Arise, O Jerusalem, stand upon the height and look toward the east, and see your children gathered from the west and east at the word of the Holy One. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our God and Savior now draws near. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Our God and Savior now draws near. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 25 To you, O God, I lift up my soul. 
O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O God. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O God, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for your goodness sake, O God. Good and upright is God, therefore God instructs sinners in the way. God leads the humble in what is right. And, watch, and teaches the humble God's way. All the paths of God are steadfast. Love and faithfulness for those who keep God's covenant and God's decrees. For your name's sake, O God, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who are they that fear God? God will teach them the way that they should choose. They will abide in prosperity, and their children shall possess the land. The friendship of God is for those who fear God, and God makes God's covenant known to them. My eyes are ever toward God, for God will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes, and with what violent hatred they hate me. O oh, guard my life, and deliver me. Do, let, do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O oh God, out of all its troubles. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 5, verses 8 through 12 and 18 through 23. Ah, you who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is room for no one but you, and you are left to live alone in the midst of the land, the God of hosts has sworn in my hearing, surely many houses shall be desolate, large and beautiful houses without inhabitant. For ten acres of vineyard shall yield but one bath, and a homer of seed, and a homer of seed shall yield a mere, a mere epaph. Ah, you who rise early in the morning in pursuit of strong drink, who linger in the evening to be inflamed by wine, whose feasts consist of lyre and harp, tambourine and flute and wine, but who do not regard the deeds of God or see the work of God's hands. Ah, you who drag iniquity along with cords of falsehood, who drag sin along as with cart ropes, who say, let the one make haste, let the one speed their work that we may see it. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel hasten to fulfillment that we, know, that we may know it. 
Ah, you who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Ah, you who are wise in your own eyes and shrewd in your own sight. Ah, you who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant at mixing drink, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of their rights. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. We use as Canticle 1 the prayer found on page 27 of Prepare the Way. Among the hungry, among the homeless, among the friendless, come to make things new. Among the powerful, among the spoilt, among the crooked, come to make things new. In halls of fame, in quarters of power, in forgotten places, come to make things new. With piercing eyes, with tender touch, with cleansing love, come to make things new. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning the times and seasons, my siblings, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of God will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Savior Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. As Canticle 2, the prayer that begins on page 36 of Prepare the Way, we wait in the darkness, expectantly, longingly. Come, O God Most High. In the darkness we can see the splendor of the universe, blankets of stars, the solitary glowings of the planets. Come, O God Most High. In the darkness of the womb, mortals are nurtured, and the Christ child was made ready for the journey into light. Come, O God Most High. In the darkness, the wise three found the star that led them to you. Come, O God Most High. In the darkness of dreams, you spoke to Joseph and the wise ones. 
and you speak still to us. Come, O God Most High. In the darkness of despair and distress, we watch for a sign of hope from the light of lights. Come, O God Most High. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 28. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains, and those inside the city must leave it, and those out in the country must not enter it. For these are days of vengeance, as a fulfillment of all that is written. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing infants in these days, in those days. For there will be great distress on the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be taken away as captives among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the incarnate coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads. Because your redemption is drawing near. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. A few thoughts on the readings. As we read through Psalm 25, I think maybe of a new definition of being humble. Perhaps to be humble is to be willing to learn. We see the opposite of this in our reading from Isaiah. That in our own self-centeredness, we can have difficulty seeing what is right. And we can be closed to learning. And I think this then is the definition of arrogance, to be unwilling to learn, perhaps to be unwilling to listen. In this passage, the writer is talking about the rich empowered seizing, in the beginning of the passage, seizing land from others. And I picture this landowner with no love for their neighbors, amassing land until they have no neighbors. They sit in the middle of a large plot with no one nearby. And although there's definitely something to be said for solitude in the wilderness, I myself dream often of a cabin in the mountains 
when we take it at the expense of others, it is more than problematic. It's sinful. And I think there's a correlation here in a couple of ways. I I think of I think of the many coworkers I have who tell me how unhappy they are living in this place. And then I, I ask, I ask a few questions, you know, tell me more. And almost always I find that they live far outside the city and commute a long distance to come in. They've chosen, as a friend of mine and I were talking about, having space, like square footage in their house, in a bigger yard, over having a smaller footprint and being closer. And in some cases that works. You know, sometimes there are Nothing is all bad all the time. And it depends on what feeds us, what nourishes our spirits, right? Some people are just not city people. Some people are country people, so to speak. I I don't like country has so many connotations, but not everyone is a city person. My son and I are both. So we live in the city which we love. We love being able to take the train to work or to entertainment or sightseeing. Well, hopefully when things open back up, entertainment, sightseeing, restaurants, errands, and just being in the city and in the community. And we've been very blessed to have what feels like a small neighborhood within the big city, but city isn't for everyone. But I think we've gotten to a place, especially here in America, where our individualism is manifesting itself in the the amount of space we take up. We have these huge homes filled with stuff that we don't need, consuming energy and resources and finances and time to maintain them. And I think it's a mistake. I think it's a sin. I'm just going to say that rather bluntly. And especially, again, especially here in America, I think, you know, we'd all do well to see whose land it really is that we're sitting on, land that we've taken from the indigenous peoples. And I think that it's little wonder that we're sorrowful and isolated. We've done it to ourselves. And I think we really feel this in the time of pandemic. And then I think there's another side to isolation. There's isolating ourselves for safety's sake. And how do we do that in a healthy way? How do we maintain a six-foot distance from all but the members of our household and yet 
remain connected. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us to answers. Thank you so much, God, for guiding us to the places that we need to be. And we know that even when we, like Jonah, resist your will, through your power, we end up where we need to be. Let us take heed as the hearers of the prophet Isaiah were intended to take heed. Let us take heed and repent. In this season of Advent, let us be introspective and with God's help turn away from those things that are sinful and toward those that are the way of love. Amen. As Isaiah warns us, it's all too easy to fix our sight, our wills, On other things. And then have the vision that we need be clouded. So I think that we should do. As First Thessalonians instructs us. Keep awake. Be aware. I think that's what this means when it says keep awake. And. And throughout the scriptures, this admonishment is there, both in the Hebrew scriptures and in the epistles and the gospels. Be aware, guard against the enemies of fear, worry, and anything that clouds our vision. By covering ourselves in faith, love, and the hope of salvation, the hope that is a certain hope, because we know, we know beyond a doubt that salvation is ours because Christ has obtained it for us and given it to us. So this is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about for weeks, for months, for maybe even years, Clearing our vision, moving, removing anything that blocks the receipt and transmission through us of God's love. Keeping aware, being awake, seeing things as they are. Undistorted. By our woundedness. And then Thessalonians says something really important. It says to encourage each other. Because when we clear all that gunk out, then we can pass on love. We can give encouragement instead of passing along fear. Have you ever known someone who was so earnest in their desire to help. But what they were giving you in their well-intentioned concern was their fear. Friends, 
it's okay to not accept that. I have one beloved friend whose spiritual radar is finely tuned, but her people skills are not really there. (laughs) And she can sense things, but then it gets... It gets kind of taken over by her fear. And so instead of sometimes instead of responding in a way that says, oh, I discern something of concern there. I am aware of it. I would like to turn away from that and focus on God's will and love and strength. She kind of goes down the fear hole, if you know what I mean. I'm really worried for you, Jacob. I'm concerned that this might happen. And then it's almost as if those things are being spoken into life. And so I, you know, God, I just want to charge us today with counteracting the fear by praying your blessings, your glory your forgiveness, your peace, and your love. God, wherever we find fear, may we turn from it and lean into your love. Fall into your loving embrace. Be cared for by you. Be healing. Be healed. It's like ongoing, but... think probably I've said enough on that but dear God we just pray this wherever we discern the counter inspire temptation or distraction let our response be to lean into your love to rest secure, knowing that you are here. May our presence bring peace. May the energy that we bring to a room be that of compassion and encouragement. May all we encounter feel at peace and encouraged in our presence. May this be the love that is manifest by you and through us. May this love that passes through us and spills over us suffuse every fiber of our being. May we be so full of love that there is room for nothing else that love does indeed completely subsume and conquer all. Amen. Our gospel reading reminds us to not be afraid, to to have faith, to take hope, for Christ is there even, perhaps especially in the terrible things. And I think that's why so often our scriptures talk about terrible things as a portent of Christ's coming.
suffering can draw us closer to Christ. In suffering, the veil is somewhat thinned and those distractions, they fall away. God, help us to, in our suffering, see you more clearly. Help us to, like Buddha, enter suffering on behalf of others. Help us to lean into the pain. the sorrow and the grief in a way that we experience your love and we know you are always with us. Let let these experiences, even the ones that hurt, help us to more clearly experience you. Turn that which would wound us into something that opens us. May we, through our wholehearted experience of suffering, be healed and healing and sources of healing for others. During this very difficult time, help us to be compassionate with ourselves and with those around us. Not enabling, but loving with tender strength. God, give us your strength in this world, in this time, in this season. And may we so be to others. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate. Spirit of Truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're going to use a prayer from Celtic Daily Prayer, the first book. It's normally an evening prayer for blessing during Advent, but I think it's appropriate for us right now. It begins on page 230. God of the watching ones, give us your benediction. God of the waiting ones, give us your good word for our souls. God of the watching ones, the waiting ones, the slow and suffering ones, give us your benediction. 
your good word for our souls that we might rest. God of the watching ones, the waiting ones, the slow and suffering ones, and of the angels in heaven, and of the child in the womb, give us your benediction, your good word for our souls, that we might rest and rise in the, in the kindness of your company. Amen. The Collect for this, the second week of Advent. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Christ our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A Collect for the Renewal of Life O God, Sovereign Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Peace O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. And let us use the prayer attributed to St. Francis as our prayer for mission. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let us lift up and circle and hold in the light all whom the Spirit has placed, who the Holy Spirit has placed upon our hearts to pray for. God, we pray to be willing to learn, 
We pray to put aside our self-centeredness and for you to clear our vision that we may see your love, that we may be your love, that we may fully experience your love. And where we encounter fear, let us turn from it and towards your love. In the holy name of your begotten, Jesus Christ, amen. Let us say together the prayer of St. Christosom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live without fear. Our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.